My name is Trip Gorman, and in this episode of SME VC, I sit down with Bruno Perez, a senior analyst at ARK Fund and a portfolio manager at ARK Angels, an investment platform that seemed to democratize the ability to invest in startups in Latin America. Prior to his current roles, Bruno was a credit and investment analyst at Antheris, a venture debt fund, and an investment intern at Angel Ventures Mexico. In this episode of SME VC, we discussed venture debt in Latin America, how Shark Tank catalyzed entrepreneurship in the United States, and crowdfunding for tech startups in Latin America. We discussed all this and more in this episode of SMEA VC. Okay, Bruno, can you start by telling the audience a bit more about your work history up to and including your current roles at ARC Fund and ARC Angels? Of course, Trip. Uh, thanks for the invite. So my path in the Latin America VC ecosystem, um, funny story. So it's, it all started out in this course I, I enrolled in back in my university, ITAM, Instituto Tecnológico Autónomo de México, as you know very well by now. Um, so it started out in ITAM in this course I took called Entrepreneurial Finance. Then I was introduced into some basic concept of the ecosystem and as well as the whole financing part of innovation. Then I took another course that was actually called uh, Innovation Finance or Finance Innovation, something like that. Um, really cool class, got me a bit more into the whole VC terms, slang and everything, which is quite weird to hear out at first, but again, super interesting. After that, I, I applied for this internship in one of Mexico's biggest VC funds called Angel Ventures. I was an investment analyst intern for close to nine or eight months, I'm not sure, eight, I, I believe. Then I took a quick pit stop to finish up my, my research um, thesis, which is like, basically for those who don't know, is like an, a research document, which many Mexican universities ask for to, um, to finish your course in economics, in my case, on finance, what so. So after that, I applied for this investment and credit analyst position at the first venture debt fund. Sorry, yeah, venture debt fund called Anderis Capital, also based in Mexico City. I was there, I was there for seven months. And after that, I applied to our fund in Arcángeles, which is the place I'm at at the moment, also based in Mexico City. Amazing. So, so many things we have to cover, the thesis, venture debt, everything in between. But first I want to discuss, you know, what is Archangels? What is ARC Fund? Tell us a little bit more about, you know, what those firms are and what your roles are in each of them. Of course. Um, so let's start with the fund. Um, yeah, so ARC Fund is a pre-seed and seed venture capital fund. And well, I want to say traditional, but VC by itself isn't a traditional sector, right? So what we do is let me talk a bit more about maybe first, second fund and the current fund we're raising, I believe that might be of interest. So first fund, I wasn't there as you can tell by the timeline, but I wasn't there when the fund initially was was funded, sorry uh, for the <laughs> repeated words, but yeah. Um, yeah, so our fund one started out investing 20K to 50K checks, I believe maybe if north of 50K checks in preceding seed companies. It was a small fund, million dollar fund, kind of a like exploratory thing to see if the GP and, and founder of Arcángeles as well, I'll get into that in a moment, had this hunch for 
for um, venture investings, right? So that kicked off quite well. Um, he had, we got some current um, nice and attracting, um, yeah, interesting numbers in terms of DPI and um, for fund one. And yeah, so that, that vintage is 2016 and 2019, Luis, my boss, raised the second fund, a $3.5 million fund, um, similar thesis, pre-seed and seed investments. Now with a bit more structure, allocating 50K chucks um, without any follow-on, without any follow-on investments. And now we're turning things a bit more interesting and planning on raising or actually raising a $60 million fund to invest 40K checks, I mean, sorry, 40 checks of 100K US dollars um, with a possibility based on based on, on performance of follow-ons, follow-ons, follow-on runs of 200K and 300K checks. And yeah, that's basically my my role in art fund. I'm a senior investment analyst. Um, yeah, planning on expanding the team when we have that first closing for the third fund. So that's the fund, right? Um, nothing new for any, if, I mean, thinking of your audience, right? So now Arcangelis. Arcangelis is a bit more interesting. Arcangelis is a crowdfunding platform for focused on startups. So what we basically do is we channel resources from the public in general to these startups. What's the um, mission or the driver of this whole company is the fact that these companies create an, a ridiculous amount of wealth if you invest efficiently, that, that is you diversify your, your, your investments. And the valuations that justify that, let's say capital attraction is actually how I see it is the, our eyeballs, our attention, our, our data, right? And in some way, and especially in tech, all, you see those terms come up quite often. So in a way, that's how I like to see what I'm doing at Arcangeli. So I'm trying to give access to people such as you, Trip, or even me, or even another not-so-experienced um, individual with the VC world that can have access to these small companies that could potentially grow and, again, create a surprisingly amount of wealth. Amazing. And so you mentioned venture debt. You mentioned the venture debt fund. Can you tell us a bit more about your thoughts on you know venture debt in Latin America and what you did there? Of course. Yeah, to be honest, I'm kind of still into venture debt. I mean, super um super attracting um topic. I've I've read a bunch lately, to be honest. But yeah, let me just start out talking about what Anteris does. Um, as I said, Anteris, and you also just repeated it, um, Anteris Capital is a venture debt fund based in Mexico City. Um if for those who don't know what venture debt is, is basically uh, is, I mean, VC is also another alternate type of financing, but it's a debt structure combined with a comp component of equity. So in terms of really important for the founders, you get, you do get lined with a credit. It is usually more expensive than a bank usually um, in terms of what a bank could offer. But I mean, at least in Latin America, banks won't even look at you. Hence the, the the stage you are in in terms of um, income and and, and warrants and, and what so um so that's basically how it works and the benefits are obvious to those who know a bit more about the product but 
The basic one is that you dilute yourself. Um, I mean, it depends on the size of the round and what cell, but you get that much less dilution that you would get in a typical full capital um, investment round. So that, and what does dilution mean for founders, which is obvious. I mean, you get more of what you're building basically. And for the current investors, such as other VCs or other angels, again, super, super attractive in terms of they also get more of their current investment or their position. And you mentioned your thesis at ETOM. Could you tell us a little bit more about, you know, what, what you researched there? Yeah. So again, since I got into VC or got to know more about VC since I was in university, I kind of tried I, in, in some classes or courses, I was successful and others, it was a bit more complicated given the, the level of technical complexity some courses can get into. But yeah, what I try to do is kind of channel or for, focus every single, um, every single lecture or every single um, class topic I had in mind to venture, right? Again, not successful in every single class, but I tried to make it happen. Um, so for my thesis, um, this great professor basically stated two very important things to have like an easy going, or at least in terms of Itama successful um, thesis or research um, article, which we had to develop. Um, so again, two things, um, you have to have the data for it and it had to be like a short or a question, which was specific enough to answer something in concrete. So I'm, I'm gonna give you a crazy example or not crazy, just something easy for everyone to understand is what's the impact of um, raising taxes in Mexico? It's again, something super broad. Maybe you would like to make it a bit more specific to answer in a certain region or in a specific vertical to see how it impacts in terms of development to say so, right? So what I did is starting out asking I wanted something cool also. I mean, something that I could say like, what sounds kind of crazy and attracting at, at the time. And when I, when I say that out loud, it was funny because we were still like doing Zoom classes at the moment. And when the professor asked about, I mean, what's the topic you're interested in? Everybody was talking about GDP growth, COVID, inflation, what so. Um, and I just turned on my mic and said, well, I'm into startups. <laughs> Um, so from a micro perspective, you might think it's not, a, it's not as interesting, but I'll tell you why it is. So I, I stated the following question, how would the program, I mean, the, sorry, the, um, this, um, yeah, this TV show called, um, Shark Tank, could the TV show Shark Tank impact the entrepreneurial activity in the States? I mean, I can't remember my, my title right now, but it was. A bit more funded out. It, it went something like, "Can sharks arouse the ecosystem in, in in the United States?" Something like that. I, I wanted to be um, funny and attractive at the same time, and yeah. So, I stated that question. I was lucky on the data. I found data, this stat in the states me measured by the Bureau of Statistics called um, business applications, which you could justify as a pretty good proxy for entrepreneurial activity, and then the whole real hassle was actually building the database regarding the Shark Tank episodes, right? But the, the point is that I had the data with them without Shark Tank and like throughout the years. So to finish up the story, 
I found a positive answer, which means that in a year after the first entrepreneur from certain county in the States appeared on the show, you found that on every single county from my pool of counties, which a single entrepreneur went on, um, I found out that on average 2% a year after those business applications went up, which I mean, it's, it's interesting. And after double clicking and just wandering around a bit more, I asked myself what happened in different situations, those different situations translated into what would happen if you actually knew, like if you were closer to that guy, to the entrepreneurial, uh, sorry, if you were closer to that entrepreneur, what would that mean in terms of how, how we act as human beings, right? So from, again, I just, what I did is I took my sample as, I took smaller counties as samples. So I did the same exercise. That is, I ran the same regression with different sizes of counties. And what I found is, and I want to give you the extreme um, example, that with counties that were um, 1,200 and 500 um, as in magnitude of population and lower, those went up like plus 20%, which is crazy. I mean, how, I mean, what's the, what are the implications? And from what I found is that um, we know that, that, as I said earlier, I mean, we know these companies can attract a ridiculous amount of capital. They employ a lot of people. That is, in terms of like macroeconomics, is there's an important allocation of resources to these startups, right? And in terms of what, what make entrepreneurs venture, and what I found is that the show could actually do that. I mean, there, you have some like mass media implications in that sense. And there's also a ton of literature involving like uh, persuasion and leaders in certain societies, right? So this only means that in terms of public policy, talking about Shark Tank and other shows might be relevant and we should have an eye on that. And so how do you think Shark Tank Mexico will affect that, that, that same sort of data point in Mexico? Is that something that we've looked at? Great. Um, it's a great point, Trip. And actually, when I I don't talk much about my thesis because, well, um, university is over. But when they do ask, they obviously, Shark um, Tank Colombia comes up, Shark Tank Mexico comes up. But the thing is, it's it's funny because I actually want, the whole idea was that I did the same exercise, but with Mexico. That was the whole thing. Unfortunately, um, if you remember the first two basic things I needed for a good thesis, the data wasn't as specific as I had in the States. So public data for Inegi in Mexico wasn't exactly what I needed. It was not, a, I couldn't justify the proxy same as, as, as in the States. But what could I see? I mean, in terms of what I wrote and what I read about leaders and persuasion, you could, I mean, you could expect like a similar effect. I mean, if you're from a small municipio, which are basically counties from the states, but in Mexico, that is, that is, I mean, those are local governments. If you're from a small municipio in Oaxaca and you see a guy you basically grew up with um, venturing and raising, let's say, I don't know, $10 million, what's so? It's not about the money necessarily. It's about the impact and the jobs you create. If we're talking about like important terms, not just about like nominally. Um, if, if you think about that, you could argument that, I mean, I mean, at least I would feel inspired. I don't know if you, from anybody from Georgetown or anybody from back home where you grew up, 
if you see them venturing, I mean, you might feel attracted to the idea to actually build something yourself or maybe start financing um, some, some builders, right? So I believe that, I mean, you also have a huge argument around like the lack of technology implementation in Mexico, but I mean, at least in Latin America, what I've seen up to now and is that we, we're still building like solutions for 80% plus of the population in Latin America, right? In the States, you could argue that and other developed economies such as Europe and Asia, that they are other types of builders building for the top 20, which is, I mean, it's still a business, right? And there's still value in that. But I mean, there's a ton of areas to explore still in Latin America. So yeah, I mean, I do believe that if I had the data, I would find a similar effect. I love it. And I want to ask a very broad question. And yeah, I'm right. excited to see where you take this. What are you most excited about right now? Not necessarily in VC. Give me anything. Okay. Well, I mean, since this is called Semilla podcast, I'm going to have to go that way. But I mean, and I'm going to take a, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about a bit more on venture debt and um, for this, um, for this answer. So you see things like venture debt, you see things like crowdfunding, and that's what I've loved about my career path up to now. Um, I've seen different areas of financing. I've seen how different ve um, investment vehicles work and all this, which are still pretty young. I mean, again, Antelis is the first venture debt fund. Arcangeles is the only one doing this, this specific crowdfunding, like retail-ish type of thing for startups. So you see these different types of vehicles. Nobody knows what's going to work. Some think ones are not so as cool as the others and still trying to go pure venture capital. But I mean, what I actually believe is these are just flags, right? So they're just signals. I mean, go, popping up in different areas in Latin America, meaning that I like the fact that I'm working or trying to swim in this ecosystem, which is growing and developing. And to be honest, besides the current state of things, which is 10 year low of venture funding from a VC perspective, um, I'm just wait, I'm just waiting for that uptick, right? So I'm just waiting to things rebound and start getting a ton more deal flow, which hasn't been as slow as I thought, at least from this point of view at the beginning, at the beginning, I can't confess. I mean, crowd, I mean, crowd, um, my crowdfunding campaigns were slow. Um, I actually believe that since the readjustment of valuations, founders had had to stop and rethink their whole financing strategy, which, which makes sense, right? I mean, this hadn't happened like a while ago in Latin America since VC is quite recent. Um, you'll know what to do. So, I mean, justifiable. But yeah, I've, in a nutshell, what I'm most excited about, um, again, um, hard times at the moment, but I'm waiting for that uptick to just start working as hard as ever and excited. I mean, I could look, I could see things a bit more pessimistic, but I guess that VC is a naturally half glass full type of thing to, um, type of thing to be in. They certainly do. So finally, I have to ask Peter Thiel's famous contrarian question with uniquely Samia VC twist. Okay. What important truth about Latin America do very few people agree with you on? Okay. I mean, 
I've never, I believe I've never said this in public, but if you think of the current state of certain VCs, I actually believe they forgot two things. Um, I'm not going to mention names because I mean, I, I don't want to, <laughs> I want to sound um, bad or trying to um, burn someone on, on purpose, which is not the intention of the following comment. But I do believe that, or at least I wish more funds stayed in the areas they started out in. So that's, and that's the whole idea behind our thesis and at our fund. Um, staying in pre-seed and seed is still important and still relevant. Um, we have other plays such as, such our friends at, at, at Latam Bridge um, with Fran and Diego, which you, which you also know. And I, I, I still think that there's an opportunity there, right? And I mean, and other, just to even give more strength to my argument, some of these other funds that also grew, again, super, which are still working in their area, right? I mean, they just grew, but, but it still surprised me because they saw what they did with, I mean, not as much capital as they had now. And back when they started out in, let's say, 2008 and uh, around those times, around those years, sorry. So I wish a bit more funds, I mean, stayed there. I mean, it's an interesting area. That's where you get most upside. So see, that's, I mean, you don't have to be super um, in the ecosystem to know that. You just have to find the report. And th that's the first. And the second is that, I mean, those same funds that grew, the, the thing is that in terms of exits, which translate to DPI for, um, for funds is, I mean, for companies that are a bit more old than pre-seed and seed, I mean, I still find that like kind of incipient. So I don't know that strategy. And, and, and again, I've never said this in public, but in private, people do disagree with me a lot in this sense that, I mean, exits are still very incipient and um, I don't know the answer to this question or what answer am I going to find or what we're all going to find in Latin America because maybe funds should still grow. Don't know. Should funds contract to smaller, but much more, maybe they should just build faster. I mean, other funds, but still investing in pre-seed I don't know the answer. I just find that the strategy of the funds that started out as our, we did an ARC fund or again, Bridge, um, was kind of weird from my perspective. Obviously, this is looking back after working in some other funds and getting some experience. And again, maybe that strategy of growing into bigger funds, which which in terms of management fees makes sense, right? There's a kind of like a not perverse incentive. You have to pay the whole operation in some, in some way, but I mean, if you grow, you get, I mean, more interesting management fees, right? But yeah, um, those that that exit thing is a big topic and it's not an obvious answer. I mean, it's not an obvious question. There's not an obvious answer to that question, sorry. Right, so those are those two things that I get a bit, um, um, I get a bit, uh, <laughs> I get some complicated answers or at least responses when I talk about it in public. What a great answer, Bruno. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the Sami VC podcast today. I very much appreciate your time. Trip, the pleasure was mine. Thank you for the invite. 
Thank you for watching this episode of Samia VC. Make sure to like and subscribe wherever you view the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Borman Trip. And be sure to check out our newsletter, Deal Flow LA, which can be found by going to dealflow.la.